I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with a look at the modern American kitchen and what the design community is doing in response to changing tastes and new opportunities to create unique functional spaces transforming the heart of the home. This is the latest installment of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series on the road from Long Beach, California. In May 2023, a special gathering took place in Long Beach, California at the Friedman's Home Experience showroom. This gathering featured a diverse group of design talent and presented an opportunity to get some of Southern California's most dynamic and creative designers together for a conversation about kitchen design. Our group engages in an open forum about how the kitchen has changed in form and function since the pandemic began in 2020. This idea started as an exploratory look at what has changed, but developed into an overarching dialogue about what it means to be a designer today. Further, how the design community has learned to lean in on one another for support, direction, inspiration, and in the case of showrooms like Friedman's Home Experience, how to provide designers and architects with opportunities to discover new product and specify with confidence to, the, to best serve their clients. You're about to listen in on a real work group discussing the issues designers, architects, and builders face today. The following conversation is between seven creatives, and at times, it gets a little complicated, it, just like conversations in the real world. The conversation was not intended for you to blow through while multitasking. There's a lot of information um, and a lot of material that came out of this, and it is of interest uh, and should be listened to over time and re-listened to as well, it's simply because when you have a conversation with seven people... <laughs> <laughs> Things can get a little frenetic, and this one certainly does. Like I said, it is worth saving uh, and adding to your resource library. Before we listen in, I thought you would like to meet the participants, and we're going to get to that right after this. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me and you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a, a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce. 
inspired by the brilliance of Northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at Thermosol on the socials. Hi, my name is Leah Bierman. I'm with Leah Bierman Design. I specialize in kitchen and bathroom design. Everybody wants a coffee bar. If they can get it to fit, uh, you have the privilege of getting that to fit. A coffee bar is like this little privilege, really. It's this little special point in your day, the highlight of your morning, if you will, and, you know, maybe in the evening, do decaf, but, so we're always trying to get that coffee bar to fit in, um, and that means different things for different people. Sometimes, if you're high-end, it's a built-in coffee maker, and then other times, it's just a space for you to have your mugs and display those mugs, to have all of your coffee accessories, and, um, you know, to have that special place where you can just come and this is your routine and this is what you're going to be doing every day. Um, one thing that we're doing with some of the coffee bars is that we're actually putting them behind closed doors so that it can be open and on display if you want it to be. But then when you don't want it to be, when that little morning ritual is over, then you have the luxury of closing it. That mess can kind of stay behind closed doors. And, um, and then you can look at your beautiful cabinetry <laughs> the rest of the day. It's one of my favorite little spots to do in a kitchen or close to a kitchen because we can also make it a little bit fun. So we'll normally add in some fun backsplash tile or maybe add in some other, um, like a secondary color. Um, so we have a primary cabinet color and then we'll have backsplash tile as well. And because so many people focus on resale, with your coffee bar, we don't really have to. We wanna make this about you, your kitchen, your coffee bar, your experience. I love coffee bars. They're a great, great way to spend your morning at the coffee bar. I have so much fun designing them. And uh, I think the trend will continue on. I don't see coffee stopping anytime soon. Hi, my name is Cheryl Kay, and I'm with Cheryl Kay Design Studio. We focus on residential, commercial, and hospitality projects. As a, as a hospitality and commercial designer, um, I do primarily like the front house. So if I'm doing a restaurant, I focus more on the front house. Um, I don't really, I don't really do focus on, I don't focus on the back kitchen. So that really has, that is a specific designer that does that. So um, if I were to do a kitchen or kitchenette of some sort, which I have for commercial projects, whether it's an office space or, you know, um, right now I have a project um, and it's a tattoo spa, luxury tattoo spa. So we'll do, create like a bar. So it's, it's kind of like a wet bar look. So that can kind of sort of translate into sort of kitchen design, if you will. Um, but the big difference really designing for clients is, you know, as designers, the the, the visual art is already sort of a gift that designers have, right? That's sort of an innate, and that's what we, that's one of our reasons for, you know, um, being the professionals, right? But taking it a step further is just really, you know, listening to the clients and really understanding their lifestyle. And, you know, our lifestyle is constantly evolving and changing. Um, most people don't even sit in a dining room. You know, most most families now sit and dine on a kitchen island, right? Um, and with a lot of renovations happening, not everybody has, you know, 
3,000 plus square feet of space. They're working with anywhere from 1,200 to 1,800, right? So when they're tearing down walls and they're renovating, your kitchen is fully exposed. So I think that how it's evolved um, as a designer is how do we make your kitchen sort of not just functional, right? But also really be decorative and in a way where when you're done using the utility of your kitchen, how it, how it kind of blends into the background in a beautiful artistic manner, you know? And uh, so I think that's, I think has been the shift, I think the last decade for me as a designer designing kitchens. Wet bar isn't just about alcohol, it's actually about juicing. So um, I have a client right now where she, uh, again, it's one of those situations you walk in and all you see is the kitchen. So we really tried to make it look very sexy with beautiful wood finishes, you know, gorgeous um, countertops and backsplash and a beautiful hood, great, you know, decorative, uh, you know, pendants over like hanging. So it feels like it's kind of like a hotel vibe. So I was under the assumption when they asked for a wet bar that they want it to be very sexy, right? So kind of like when they have their, because they have kids. So it's, it's like the lifestyle is, you know, they're entertaining kids and families, but they also have the life with their friends, right? So I designed it really sexy, but, you know, they actually wanted to modify it a little bit to be more toned down because they wanted to use it not just for their alcohol or their wine, but also to juice, you know? And so when they wake up in the morning, it's like, you know, like a bar at a hotel, you know, um, there's fruit on the counter and they have a juicer there. And we're creating a way where when they're done with the equipment, we have a little, you know, shelf that goes down. So everything just looks Hi there. Nice. My name is Paula Fernandez. I'm the owner of Kitchen Concierge, a full service kitchen design business. I don't know if the idea of the kitchen has changed so much as the idea that people need a new kitchen that more than anything. And they're looking at, because of that, they are getting, they're looking into uh, appliances that they didn't know existed. Like the speed oven, for example. It's a great oven. You know, it's, it's a microwave and a convection oven all in one. The steam oven is another one. These are, these are things that people simply don't know about. Um, and, and I introduce it to them, you know. Rather have a double oven, two giant ovens, where you never use one of the ovens, put a, a microwave and or a steam oven in. So, you know, the obvious is steamed vegetables, okay. Um, steamed fish. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a, just a steam oven. It's a steam assist in a convection oven. So you have a standard convection oven with a steam element to it, and you can combine both of them together. So, so you have now you have moist cooking. Okay, you're introducing moisture in, when you're baking bread. Um, it, you can use it to proof bread because of the moisture. Um, you can cook um, like chickens and turkeys in there, adding moisture. Now it's not going to dry out. Now these are some of the fish. Steamed fish is by far the, the best, purest tasting, and the most healthy. You know, you've got refrigerators that you can tap into, and they have cameras in them. You can look and see what's in the fridge. You're at the store, for example, and you know you forgot something. You don't remember what you forgot. You pop open your fridge on your phone and say, oh, yeah, I'm out of orange juice or whatever.
you know. Um, uh, and it's just that whole connectivity thing. To be honest with you, I haven't bought into it 100%. I think it's a little, a little bit gimmicky more than anything. And uh, some of the appliance sales reps say the same thing. It's, I mean, it's not a 100% bad thing, but it still has some bugs to work out. Well, one of the biggest questions I get these days is regarding countertops. Um, you know, granite has faded out in favor, and, and for um, uh, uh, quartzite is the, the stone replacement. And then you get into the, the manufactured finishes, the, the centered stones, neolith and decton and so on. And, and people are leaning more towards a durable surface. This is the question I get asked all the time. What's the most durable surface? Is it going to stain? Is it not going to stain? Is it going to chip? Is it going to crack? All these questions. Is, is it susceptible to heat? And so on and so on. And so, um, and I go through and ask and, and answer all these questions. And typically we're ended up putting in a neolith or a, a decked-in surface. Um, and, and you can now put these surfaces on your cabinet fronts. So you can have a complete ceramic kitchen, essentially a bulletproof kitchen. Nothing to hurt. You got dogs running around, kids running around with sharp objects or toys. Not going to hurt it, you know. So that's a new thing that's happened in the last I don't know how many years, five years or so. And I think it's really really cool. There's the manufactured wood products, CNC wood products that are, are, are from a factory where you don't have to custom design it and then go find a shop to, to make it. You know, you, you, you buy a slab of it, you know, 10 feet by 5 feet wide and, and make doors out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. If you want to do something custom, then you can design a, a, a pattern and take it to a shop and have it machined in, into your door front. So you can have an entire kitchen that looks like you're underwater, for example. You know? You're going to pay for it. But. <laughs> Hi, I'm Donna Johnson with Lux Design. We're a full-service interior architectural firm. We have offices in Corona Del Mar and Las Vegas. I always say I'd like to take an ordinary kitchen and take it to extraordinary. I want to see different things in the kitchens. People live in their kitchen. They, they uh, entertain with family and friends, and that's really the jewel of the house. So I think that you have to take it the next step. And you don't want a kitchen that's just ordinary where people are not excited to be there. And, you know, including the owners. So I feel like it's taking it a next step up and really mixing materials. You can take a white kitchen and even make it, you know, uh, exciting with mixing in LED, um, metals, uh, wood finishes on the, on the island. So there's, I think that's where the, it really has changed because people really want to see a kitchen that's different. And it really is the hub of the home, especially since COVID. Everybody lives there. They cook together. They entertain together. And no matter what, if somebody wants them in there or not, everybody ends up in the kitchen. I think it's so important because it, um, it gives um, it's task lighting. It's also ambient. And so I like to use LED in glass cabinets. We even have a cabinet right now that we're doing in a dining room where they open their cabinet, their credenza, and they wanted lights in there so that it looks pretty for, uh, when they're entertaining. So I think, and then, you know, some of the lights that we have over the islands, they've really come out with some great lighting for there. 
we don't have to have the typical pendant. We can do one long uh, light fixture. But then you've also got all the lighting under counter, under cabinets, and then, you know, LEDs coming down the sides of the cabinets. Well, I think, first of all, you've got to have great appliances. And that varies according to the budget. Um, so we go from one end to the other, depending on the budget. And then I think that um, plumbing is really important as well. And that also can be the jewelry. There's so many different things that come out where if it's a small kitchen, you know, it's like the galley or the Julian where you can have multi-purpose sink and you can do cutting boards and so forth. But the kitchen also needs a lot of accessories. I think whether it's a kosher kitchen or a um, or just a normal kitchen, um, everybody wants it organized. So I think that they want silverware trays that are divided, um, plates and bowls and uh, saucers uh, divided, and then your pots and pans. And I also feel like a lot of people are doing their pantries more than just a pantry. If it's just a pantry size, we're still doing cabinets in there. Um, if it's a chef's kitchen, we're putting all the same appliances in, and really the kitchen becomes the jewelry of the home, and the chef's kitchen becomes the cooking area. So, you know, there's always a stretch to what we need to do for them. Um, I, I always do inform them because it's not going to be practical. They, for example, put a refrigerator in their chef's pantry kitchen, instead of in the kitchen because they're going to have to walk in there every time. So um, the triangle is very important to me anyway. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. The Institute of Classical Architecture and Art Southern California chapter is a forum for professionals in the industry and enthusiasts to come together, share their love, and show their commitment to the timeless principles of beauty, proportion, and observation that are embodied in classicism. Their members include renowned architects, designers, landscape architects, builders, students, artists, and creatives from every walk of life. It's a wonderful organization designed to celebrate the unique regional identity of Southern California and help develop the careers of the like-minded. If you're interested in joining or would like to learn more about sponsorship and support for the ICAA Southern California chapter, please email me, convobydesign at outlook.com. My name is John Feldman, and I am the founder and owner of Ecocentrics Landscape Architecture. Just celebrated 17 years, and we're pretty excited about that. Um, our specialty is single-family residential estates and uh, complex hillsides for our single-family uh, residential homeowners. Uh, so something more of a um, residential resort type feel. You know, it's pretty funny, actually. I mean, we have such range. It's culturally influenced. I mean, I, I will have um, uh, Korean families that want to 
bring all of the amenities of of that cuisine and and all of uh, the the uh, hot pot cooking and 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 those amenities to the outdoors and we're asked for those things. We've had uh, professional chefs and uh, restaurateurs where we've done really restaurant grade exterior kitchens and cabanas for them with fryers and all of that. So it can be that that diverse to somebody says, you know what, we actually don't barbecue. Um, but you know, maybe uh, maybe an outdoor fridge or we we drink, we drink wine. So I mean it, it's really I mean it runs the gamut. Um, I mean it could be a a, a, a multi you know kind of counter setup where we have sinks and, and dishwashers and, uh, and a, an adjacent bar for seating and conversation happening between, you know, chef and uh, uh, the, the party goers. But there's a lot of really sexy appliances and cabinetry. And I think that our, I mean, not, not think, I know that our clients have become a lot more sophisticated as a result of their savviness around the interiors that are being uh, that they're either reading about, seeing in magazines, or that they're having designed for them. Now, when we have participation on a project where there's an architect and or an interior designer, it makes perfect sense that you know we 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 operate in unison. We're in lockstep. Um, we're not an afterthought, and we want to engage and know what's happening on the interiors, what finishes, what textures, how do we make those transitions seamless so really we hand over a project to a client as a team that really feels as though it's been designed in one hand. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to change an entire floor plan to, you know, to, to incorporate or make a, a big open uh, floor plan to incorporate a, uh, an, a center island. We have that latitude to move things around. It's, that's interesting point too. There are people that can't imagine themselves, you know, taking more than ten steps outside of the interior, adjacent to the interior kitchen, to their secondary kitchen, because they thought, "Oh my God, I got to take a whole tray of food, another twenty steps across the yard." But there are opportunities to get out in garden space, to get another transition to deck down, to get a, a, a day away almost. I mean, we have one project, it's a hillside project, where we built all that amenity and uh, even a, 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 a restroom into the hillside as a bunker so that this family can transition down 40 feet down to the bottom of the property, enjoy the property, not have to worry about are the kids going to make it back up <laughs> to the interior space and, and drench the floors uh, you know, with their wet bathing suits you know, searching for a bathroom. Um, but they get to enjoy that entirety of that experience way away from the house. I mean, it's really a totally separate... Uh, it's... It, it's not a dis- not disparate from the design of the house. It's just that far away from the house. So we have to, and, and we have the opportunity to build all of that in. Sometimes we are bound. Sometimes on a particular project like this, uh, we we do have our boundaries and codes come into in uh, in compliances shape the size of a space. So that might uh, influence then how big, how small. Is this about an outdoor kitchen, or do you still want that swimming pool in this uh, configuration as well? We want to bring those options to clients. And yeah, at the end of the day, we're turning off a project. I don't get to live there. I hope to be invited back. But yeah, this is their home, and uh, we designed for them. I, as a landscape architect, have been fortunate to have worked in this sector of work in, in high-end residential 
for the entirety of my uh, 30-year career. And there comes a time where some of us, <laughs> as entrepreneurs, yearn for more. And, uh, and this was one of those things in the last five years that I was really scratching my head. I said, okay, I, I, I've been a landscape architect for all this time. What do I do? How do I transition? What do, you know, is it a close adjacency? I, I always, I've been sketching in the background and have always wanted a, a line, you know, to develop a line of products. And that wasn't necessarily related to home and or exteriors um, uh, or outdoor living for, for that matter. But I did strike on an opportunity with a lot of research and a lot of love. And uh, we have just launched Sturgiani, S-T-U-R-G-I-A-N-N-I.com. And um, we are repping uh, six phenomenal um, Italian faucet companies. Uh, again, all of these manufacturers are in Italy, have been manufacturing since the 40s and beyond. And uh, there's some really interesting family stories there and gen- generational stories. And what's so key and important to me about that is that we're a multi-generational family here. I'm third-generation Angelino. Uh, dating back to my grand, great-grandfather who carved wood surfboards uh, as a Russian immigrant, uh, immigrant rather. and then my grandfather and his brothers were all architects. My grandfather was also a builder in Los Angeles, and he also had some industrial designs going on at that time, too. So it feeds the family legacy uh, quite well. Uh, I'm not designing any of these lines at this time, but I'm really proud to carry the legacy of these families and their traditions uh, for kitchen, bath, outdoor kitchens, and, uh, and outdoor showers. So that's commercially and uh, residential. Hi, I'm Pam from Pazam Designs, and I'm a national designer, so I design all across the country. Um, I'm mainly in Orange County and L.A., and uh, design residential and commercial. So materials is really... The, I think we must say the transformational, like countertops. Everyone's trying to get to something where the material is not sustainable, it's not breakable, it's more durable. Um, and, you know, they haven't come up with anything yet. Decton, you know, came up with a surface that, you know, is heat resistant, it's, you know, you know, resistant to stains and stuff. But now we're finding, because it hadn't been out for a while, you know, that there's kind of cracks and stuff like that. Porcelain, same thing, right? So, you know, it's only been out for so many years. So now if something cracks on it, we have to replace it. So there's not something that is a perfect product. Um, But in regards to, you know, what we're looking at in kitchens, so we're looking under a lot more um, acrylic cabinets, uh, which are flat panels that are acrylics. Um, and they tend to be, they used to be more modern, but now they've become more mainstream. But that's because of durability. Everyone is asking for more durability, more cleanability. Um, they really, you know, are going back into wood products, which is interesting because that's sort of like an oxymoron, right? So it's like, all right, they want durability, but then they want that warmth of wood. So we're combining both of that. So we warm up those flat panels in that so, you know, like in regards to appliances, they've gotten very smart. And every company across the board, you know, low tier, mid tier, high tier. Obviously, the higher the tier, the more 
functionalities and more things, bells and whistles, right? But even the lower tiers and mid tiers, they really have come in. Convection ovens are here to stay, um, but the consumers are more educated. Um, you know, and we really are going to go back into a situation where in 2045, um, it's going to be all electric. They're going to get rid of gas ranges, gas ovens. You know, so consumers really need to get in the understanding that they're going to lose their gas appliances. Um, and so now all the technologies are going towards that, where countertops, you know, are going to become a flat countertop, and that will be your cooking top, your, you know, your convection cooking top. Um, and so you won't even see big burners. Um, because right now the trend is, you know, that they're going to do these big burners and it's that restaurant look and people are kind of tired of that right now. Um, that's why you're starting to see color. That's why you're starting to see less stainless steel. You're starting to see, you know, a different variation of all the stainless steel. Um, and then now what they're trying to ask for is, you know, everything is shaker cabinets, shaker cabinets, shaker cabinets. Now what they're saying is, okay, I've done that. Everyone's done that. I want my kitchen to be different than anyone else's. So before it was, I want what the Joneses have. Now I don't want what the Joneses have. So that's why you're seeing introductions of green and blue and yellow and red, you know, and they're a little afraid. So they don't, because it's a big expense. So they'll put it in the island, right? And so they'll do the white shaker around the surround and then they'll do that big red island, you know, and they'll say, well, is it paintable? so that they can paint it later if they get tired of the color. That's what we all want, right, in life? <laughs> Hi, my name is Long Trin, and I'm the managing director of Friedman's Home Experience. Pan-Already is still the hottest thing. I think it, it's the seamless design is what is really uh, most popular right now. Um, I think a lot of these neutral tones that they have, I see color starting to re-enter uh, the, the, the market with um, just to have uh, accent pieces. Coffee systems are still very popular, and uh, under-counter wine units, wine columns are, are, are really resurfacing, and uh, where people are getting more than one, two or three of them side by side. So yeah, those are what I would say is some of the most popular things right now. So what I've seen on a high level is, is that in some months, and I, don't, I can't tell you if that's because of legislation and just code now on new construction, but we have seen uh, electric uh, induction uh, outsell gas for the first time and uh, so uh, getting prepared for that we've started to bring in uh, more induction cooktops, induction ranges and we're starting to see them in multiple sizes now because people are looking for um, 36's, 48's uh, or ranges that have both gas and induction with them. I would say with refrigeration Almost every brand now is is fully committed to the the integrated look with flush designs. Some brands are just discontinuing that standard classic look with the grill on top. I think uh, what people are trying to to do that whether it's going to pick up or not is to just uh, change your countertop into a cooking surface. So, so, you know, we've seen some really innovative ideas where, uh, you know, your whole counter becomes a cooking surface, elements and tiles that, that build into the counters. And now I'm starting to see full counters that, that turn into like a cooking surface. And uh, without 
anything there, so it really looks clean. But I think that that's definitely something new that, that we, we haven't seen before. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community, so you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. You hear conversations about transformative design all the time on Convo by Design. We talk about it all the time. But what does that really mean? Design improves the lives of those who inhabit the space, but it also feeds the creativity and the soul of the creative. Are you looking for a way to give back? The Oasis Alliance is a 501c3 collective of creatives based in and around the Washington, D.C. area with a mission to provide healing spaces to those who are rebuilding, rehabilitating, and recovering. Have you wondered how to apply your design skills to uplift your community? It all starts with a desire and a willingness to share your gifts. Danielle Woodhouse Johnson of the Oasis Alliance and her team are looking for guest designers, in-kind sponsors, and funding to make better the spaces and therefore the lives of everyday people who find themselves coming out of traumatic situations. Check out theoasisalliance.org for more information. Thanks for helping. So those are the participants. How is that for some incredible information? Now, this is the panel. And again, here's what's fun about this. You are listening in on seven designers just having a conversation about what it means, I should say, seven designers and uh, Long Trin, who's the managing director of Friedman Home Experience, uh, about what's happening in the business right now, in real life, in real terms, and, and how we're dealing with that and what comes next. So now, this is that conversation. So follow along, and uh, it's some good stuff. I think you're gonna like it. Well, I find myself like gravitating towards more like copper these days so remember there's a there's a like movement of like a lot of brass antique brass so with a lot of um, designs being so much more about being organic materials as opposed to like manufactured looking materials um, I'm gravitating towards a lot more copper and you know as sort of a substitute from brass so it's still that warmth but not black not silver tones but where are you using it where am I using it for yeah. like showers and like just like the faucets, like oh, okay. the, the fixtures, yeah, plumbing fixtures, yeah. Sorry. Major market. So, hmm? Major market. Orange County. Oh, so it is. Yeah, Orange yeah, Orange County. And so, um, you know, it's I think it's sort of different than the the brass. So it's kind of giving that glamour, but not. It's a little understated, not so flashy, but you know, it has sort of that organic element to it as well. So. 
that's what I'm finding. It's interesting because I'm yeah. doing the more brushed gold all of a sudden. Yeah. Yes. Like Rizzo's satin gold. Really big, really popular yes. right now. So it's almost like the riches, like you were saying, are yeah. coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think everyone's tired of the brushed nickel. Yeah. And, you know, um, and then all of a sudden on the flip side, chrome. Yeah. I just did a whole room in yeah. chrome. I've seen chrome so too. So really, yeah. you know, it's that Chanel, you know, look that they do in all of the. Plus, chrome is most uh, is the best finish, most the durable most finish. Yeah, most durable. Well. Yes. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. just put that in my own master bathroom. I just yeah, I, I put it in master. my kitchen. And yeah. I did have some people question me like, "This thing, bathroom? No one does chrome anymore." Yeah. But in the right way, it can be done really well. And then you're mixing your metals too, so not everything's in chrome, but with a little yeah. bit of black and, yeah. and you know you have your soft finishes and your hard finishes, and so it just it works really nicely. And then long term, especially if you're thinking, oh, this yeah. might be a rental property one day, or I might need to be concerned about wear and tear because yeah. I'm not going to just rip it out and start it all over. Mm-hmm. That finish is great for that. So it's true. And yeah. even a matte chrome, it's still chrome. It's still the same yeah. finish, it's mm-hmm. just not polished. It has the same durability. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't, if somebody pans the shiny chrome look, ooh, it's, it's too cold or whatever their excuse is, mm-hmm. do a matte, a matte chrome. It still holds up good. But I have used a ton of the inside. I think it's for champagne. Mm-hmm. I should yeah, have worn it as my yeah. I've used it for so long, yeah. but it's beautiful. It's still going strong. It, yeah. I think. It is. Yeah. I think um, for me, a lot of the mixing of materials is a big thing for me. Um, taking it from like ordinary, and you know, white kitchens are beautiful, but let's mix in some other materials. Mm-hmm. Um, not all shaker and white, but maybe bring yeah. in some metal, some LED, um, some warmer woods. We're just actually doing a house with a stamped wood that looks almost like it's textured. Beautiful. Uh huh. Oh, wow. And um, it's just amazing it's all how. Wood? Pardon? It's all wood? It's yes. custom? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the mixture awesome. of materials. And I think you can take any budget and really make it beautiful. Yeah. Um, you can take laminates and make that beautiful. You know, take yeah. a laminate and then do a metal and some yeah. glass and mixture. And I, I kind of went away from the shelves, too, because of the dust. Yeah. Everybody is bringing out dust. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about like the counter shelf, like the, the backsplash being a shelf as opposed to like an upper cabinet. Is that where you guys are talking about? Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That or just the, the floating yeah. shelves or open shelves. Oh, the floating you know? shelf. Yeah. Yes. You move the wall cabinets and then you put in your floating shelf there. Yeah. Or we've reduced it to dust. where yeah. it's all cabinets and maybe just a few, you know, like 12 or 18 Ooh. inch shelves. Yeah. Just right. to give it the kiss right. of the wood to bring that warmth in. Right. And yes. like what you were saying, um, what I've done in almost, I think, five of my last kitchens in the last month or so, wood islands. Mm-hmm. So mahogany mm-hmm. wood yeah. or a white oak to bring that wood back mm-hmm. in because what you were saying oh, is interesting. The, yeah, as a countertop. Countertop. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I you love just that. do a marine finish because everyone's uh-huh. afraid of the water. You know, as long as you're not putting the sink in the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and they also know that this is not a cutting board. This is, you know, has you know some some problems if you mm-hmm. use this. Right. Um, but longevity-wise, it's just like a boat. Right, and you, if you treat it that way, then it's stunning. It really is. And so, what, what species do you work with for that? Um, so, I either use a maple, 
So okay. I've used the maple. Um, white oak is fabulous because it's hard. It's the hardest, hardest one, um, and that's the, the best one. So okay. usually I take the white oak, like I just did one, and it was all white shaker. Um, and so, you know, I'm tired of the white shaker, you know, the, the white, you know, countertops and like, can I just warm it up a little bit? Yeah. And so they allowed me to do this wood countertop in the, in, in the um, island and it did, it warmed it, but so it was this white oak um, and we stained it. So it was almost this mahogany color, yeah. right? And so it brought that, that yeah. nature and that warmth back mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. and then just Very did a cool. marine finish. What thickness are you doing on the edge? So um, it's about an inch and a half. Oh, okay. So it's it's not you know too thick. It's not you know past the normal cut as they say. And, and it's not just the edge. It's a solid inch and a half all the way through, it's a right? Solid yeah. piece, right? And then I mimic it over and say the fireplace so that you mm. bring that you know throughout the house. So then, for instance, I brought it in the stair rails, so it just floats throughout the house mm -hmm. that that wood. It's um, a marine finish. Okay. So what, what kind of marine finish is it? A, a marine varnish or a, a urethane? Or? What, what is a marine finish? So if you go to a boatyard, okay. Oh, they put, it's water. It's water. Correct. Yes. Okay. I see. Perfect. Okay. Gotcha. So when they, so it's very know, astringent. It's perfect. That, very very astringent with that finish. Exactly. So okay. you treat it as if you're on a boat, which is mm -hmm. out in the water all the time. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so um, many many years ago, I had done um, a deck on the top of a jacuzzi tub inside of a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And we're talking, you know, 20 years ago. And a client had brought me back in to redo a kitchen. And that's where I got the premise to do this in the kitchen. And I thought, I saw it and it's still the exact same. Yeah. Really? It's not changed. And so I thought, oh, longevity really is really good. I put a, um, a marine and an aircraft finish on the floors of my house. It's a linear polyurethane. I did it in 2005, and they're still good. Wow. Yeah. Almost 20 years. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. And it hasn't needed to be redone. It's the original. Finish. Yep. There's there's uh, one area that got beat up by the sun and, and water. It's by a door. Okay. But that's a that's a two foot by two foot area in the mm -hmm. whole the whole house. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I knew when I used it that it would be that durable. That's why I did it. It was, it's, it, you can't even buy the material in California now. It's completely illegal. It was yeah. illegal to use in my use at the time. I couldn't right. even use it. Yeah. My, you know, it was a complete commercial application. But they sold it to me, so I used it. <laughs> it's done well for you, so. Yes, it has, yeah. Yeah, it was really expensive, too. I think it was $1,200 for two gallons. Wow. For a two-gallon kit. Yeah. But it's worth it. The water-based material that was available at the time, um, the reps would tell you, oh, you got to redo this in two or three years, depending on the traffic. I'm like, forget that. I'm like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I'm curious, with um, with things like the faucets, um, you know, there's some designs that are incorporating some more of the natural woods. There's the design, designs out, and I think it's koa wood, perhaps. Yeah. And, you know, that has a marine... Mm -hmm. Adjacency, depending on where it's been uh, harvested. But do you, do you have experience with those? Because I wouldn't feel comfortable on the exterior in, a, in an outdoor kitchen as a landscape architect. But is it something that you're comfortable with, or, you, uh, or do you think it's time tested to be able to? I mean, yeah, I'm not 
talking up for myself. I guess I'm looking at the kind of how porous it is, like if yeah, it's an outdoors. Well, there's teak. Yeah, teak would be the only the only one I would use. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could do, do teak. they know how to you know, maintain two different surfaces on the same object at the same time? Right. Are you concerned for your clients? So Briso has a line called yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright's line. Right. Yes. And so mm-hmm. they understand. You know, I've been out there to Parmel, Indiana, okay. and so they've taken me through their process, and they 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 design it, and they go through this tumultuous design process, right? It takes years to then develop it. And then it takes them years of testing, like sitting in water, right? right? And and so it addresses that scenario. So, you know, now obviously longevity of 20 years is, is kind of, you know, but it did at least go through three years of, you know, kind of harsh weather testing. And so they have, you know, um, a rain shower head, if you want to call it that, because it's a big unit, and then it has, um, uh, you know, things for the showers and things, you know, faucets and things. It's stunning. It's most unique one because it's asking the water. It's the first time it's asking the water to go straight out and then turn at a 90 degree out um, angle and then drop down. So I've seen them now making yeah. it in other manufacturers. But it's the most, the first, like it gave me chills when I saw it because it's a phenomenon. Wow. But it did, it addressed the um, question that you're asking about. They have it right, you know, they, you know, they're confident manufacturer for sure. Yeah, because they overtest. That's so great. You're so educated, you know, like, like going back to Lou, Long. Long was saying, is that like hoping that he could provide us with a service that you know we're looking for for me as a designer aesthetically that's easy right mm-hmm. so we're, we really rely on on you and our reps and just you know to educate us so I'm loving this but tell me about it so what makes this better than the other mm-hmm. or sort of is this is the components made from China but this is made from America the fittings you know so that's a difference where it looks the same, but why is it less? So just educating, because then that can give you that value for mm-hmm. that client and stuff. Yeah. And just even what you were saying, the astringent testing that they do, mm-hmm. you know, that's coming from Rizzo, right? They took you into their, you know, their manufacturing and just kind of give you a tour, but educate on it. And that and they offer really, that to all designers. Yeah. We you know, do like MTI that. has this amazing yeah. one. And, you know, yeah. I mean... I know. You, you get to well, I I've heard about it, and I'm gonna go. And they, they offer that for appliances too. I mean, uh, when we go on it. these trips, I haven't um, been on that one. Yeah, oh, there 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 is a significant portion of the room that they're not just you know salespeople from dealerships. They're just designers there, yeah. and yeah. Um, uh, and I and I go wow, they so, you know that this is they have a lot of work to to. to to memorize and learn too. As designers? Yeah, as oh, designers, yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> single component yeah. of just... Yes. Yeah, and this is why we rely on the people that we work and, you know, and, and, and stuff. What, what ultimately, I think, when, you, when you're working with a, like, salesperson, for example, at a dealership, I think, ultimately, I mean, sometimes there's this learning curve, but really, if people just go, look, Okay, tell me about your client before they get here. What 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 do yeah. you? What kind yeah. of space? What do you think their budget is? You know, like what what, what are you trying to, to to accomplish here? So that I mean, we're on the same page before 
they even get here so I'm not like you know wasting anyone's time or you know and and um, I think this communication for me I only have with a few different designers that I've been working with for a really long time like what's what okay tell me about it like what, yeah. what are we doing this time yeah. okay like I, I, I and, and you know the ones that you really work with a long time they go I need another big daddy range. That, that's, 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 that's a chateau, you know. Like, a, you, you know, and, and I already know, um, you know, they, they, what a designer like. Okay, like that particular one will just wants Fisher Michael dishwasher drawers because they disappear, yeah. you know, and and uh, you know, um, uh, multiple under counters on on both islands, for example, you know, yeah. and there's going to you know, and and but but really, I think. Uh, Communication probably is, is what we're looking for because uh, we can sell anything, you know. It's just, it's just yeah. you know, like Archive really is interested in dependability. Their their last one, okay. We're gonna talk about dependability story. You know what yeah. I mean? So. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it when salespeople tell you. you yeah. Know, if you're looking at a product and they go, "Well, you know, it's not tried and true yet." Yeah. Um, years ago, with the front load washer and dryer. I remember taking a client in, and she said, don't do it. Don't do it yet, because there yeah. are a lot of problems with them, and we don't want to get the problem back, and neither yeah. do you with the frustration. So I think it's really important for the salespeople to really get, you know, to say, oh, you know, I, I don't think this is, you know, really tried and true yet, and I don't think you should try it. <laughs> you know, like even the wood, you know, if... if you have a bad experience, people don't want to, you know, you don't want to put it in someone's home because it's going to come back to you, it's going to come back to you, and the contractor. The hardest thing about being an interior designer, you know, is that we have to know everything about everything because, yes. you know, we get grilled by our clients. Like, for instance, I'm, you know, was in a kitchen today, a, you know, designing a kitchen today, and they are grilling me about yes. refrigeration, and they're asking me this because they are educated. Yes. They know and they've read every manual yes. on every brand of refrigerators. Now, yes. me not knowing that, you know, and so they're asking me, well, what about the, the vortex of the, this? and I'm like, I don't know a vortex of a refrigerator, and I'm honest with them, because yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that term, and have you ever heard of that term in refrigeration? No, and which is, this is, this is the, the, the crazy part, is, is that, um, you know, the, the more savvy, the more they look, the more they read reviews. Too many Amazon one-star reviews is what they're reading, yeah. I think a lot of salespeople will go with the uh, path of least resistance. I think every week we're going to come here and you're going to educate us. When <laughs> 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 I just heard that, yeah. like yeah, that's yeah, the stuff I didn't that, that. I yeah. Didn't yeah. Know that. What are you seeing insofar as turnover products? There's a lot of stuff I'm sure not represented here, but what's, what's your tact and take on that here in the store? And uh, insofar as promoting longevity. So that, that's a great question. So, you know, what I found is is that Amazon is training people so poor that, that oh, oh, just buy it, don't like it, return it. I mean, uh, whatever it is, you know, you just return everything. And and uh, if you would imagine uh, a brand where, you know, people, someone is having problems very early on and there's no way to deal with it. They're angry at you, for, they're angry at us, and instead of me looking bad for something that I can't do anything about it, I'd rather just not show them. 
So our clients hold us to a certain standard. Yes. We hold you then to a certain standard. Right. What is it that you're looking for in your in the reps? I mean, other than what we've just talked about and honesty and longevity of product and so forth. If if you know somebody comes to you with a new uh, a new line and product, what, and and then how do you promote that? I mean, like, I, I or what problem at, are we uh, trying to that, solve? Really, most importantly, right? right? So, like, That's what are the latest prob like you know common problems that we're trying to solve and like what manufacturer is actually I'm, I'm very leery with this. Okay, so it's just so you like because I get people coming here all the time, selling me everything under the sun, mm-hmm. and that could be anything from uh, SEO on my website to to you know I mean. Uh, Credit card machine, you know, charges to, all the way to cable TV ma- videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> marketing plus, but, but obviously, the, the the you know, when somebody comes in with a new product, I'm like, oh, look, it's nice. This sector is incredibly competitive. I mean, you yeah. want to sell? You're bringing in a grill that costs, you you know, starts. At thirty five hundred dollars to six thousand dollars, in a you know nobody knows who you are. I said, uh, and why would somebody? I mean, the salesperson would have to push a boulder uphill, try it, try and <laughs> sell you on this product that nobody's heard before. And then I, I've been around long enough to where I've seen so many companies come and go that if if. My salespeople, or I sold it to you, and then you call back later because there's an issue. As oh, they went out of business. Well, what do you guys <laughs> think about this? This, this is yeah, what I was I wondering. So. I mean, I this this thing is like called like a oh, I saw invisi- oh, the induction cooktop. Yeah, it's invisible. Invisible. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was trying to tell her. I was just yes. talking about that over there. Like, okay. what do you think? You, you know, you need like, to get that on your showroom. You, you know, I, I was just telling him. And he goes, "What do you think is sure. next?" And I said, "Well, flush cooktops to cooktops that." Are modular where you you know kind of put it wherever you want to uh, to an invisible cooktop. I mean, I guess the that's pretty cool. I, I was in Cape Coast too, and so the, the, the cooking demonstration. Yeah. and I, I think that was even porcelain. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, yeah. That was phenomenal. So, so how do you know if it's hot? Did, did it, I mean, because the that, pan gets hot, the food gets hot. The surface doesn't get hot. Yeah, no. so it's safe to uh, uh, oh, it, It's an induction cooktop. You know how an induction cooktop Yeah, but works. then, but but even induction, the glass will get hot once once the pan is sitting on it. Yes. Well, the countertop will get hot just like that too. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, you know, hot, hot like it's going to cause problems. So yeah. what they're trying to it's do induction. is, so we had yeah. um, a meeting with these, you know, environmentalists. And so um, right now what they're doing in new homes and is that they're going all electric. Right. And so in 2045, they're going to get rid of, they're supposed to have gotten rid of getting rid of all gas. Mm-hmm. Right. So now they're having to come up with all of these new things so that, you know, we can not just have, you know, the normal electric ranges and stoves. And so we're, like we're that. coming into, you know, some pretty savvy induction customers now where it's like, you know, it's not let me tell you how induction works and, you know, it's got a magnet has to stick to the pan. I mean, they're like, okay, I've had it before. Like, you know, here's my question. Like, I mean, how many burners can boost? Uh, how many, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, like, uh, and, and I want to, I want to, I want a 48 inch range 
but it still has five elements. When are they going to change that to, hey, what's the point of having a big, huge range and it's the same number of elements as the 36? And then you're like, and then he says, and then he goes, uh, I suppose most people don't have 100 amps to put into a range, right? And then you're, you know, some of the, well, yeah. will the government allow that? Or, you know, all of these things, you know, yeah. and I'm going, okay, well. That's the other question. If you have, you know, how do you have, have an induction cooktop. <laughs> There's a lot you, of good you, questions that they all, have. They every know. burner, let's say you have a five burner induction cooktop. Right. You're going to blow a circuit. It won't, it won't handle it. That's what I'm saying. So, 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 so you're, you're running into yeah. a limitation that most people have yeah. 40 amps, maybe 50 amps. Maybe they ran 60 amps uh, because, but, but who's going to have, who's going to, I mean, even if you, you know, have 100 amps to plug into a, uh, something that has more elements that can do what you want it to do, you know what I mean? That's about and, what you're going to have to yeah, do. Yeah, you know, yeah. so... so and, Everybody's going to have to upgrade their panel. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly. Yeah, right. Model your kitchen so and you upgrade Yeah, it's not just five grand for a cooktop, so. it's another ten grand to upgrade your panel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then your monthly bill, you know, I mean, as a landscape architect, we're, we're talking about all these things for outdoor kitchens, I'm thinking, okay, what do you do about the pizza oven? If you want a real, a big pizza mm-hmm. oven, yeah. what do you do for a barbecue? What do I do for a fire pit? How do I heat a swimming pool <laughs> yeah. if we can still have water to be able to fill the swimming <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, well, there's I'm not a profession anymore. You know, I mean, what, are we, what, what amenities are we providing yeah. ultimately if we just see this? Yeah, politicians don't much. get it. They're politicians. Yeah. They're, they're dense. But this meeting that I was in, which was the environmentalist, and then it was also the electric company from L.A. and Orange County, Irvine area, right? So what the conversation is, is that, you know, right now when you talk about like in the summer, right, when everyone's running their air conditioning and stuff, right, we all have to conserve. Yeah. So now if you're asking people to have electric cars and electric appliances (laughs) and things outside and inside and stuff... Like, what are you going to say? Oh, no, I'm sorry. You can only run your uh, range. You, right. on Street A and B, can run it on Mondays and 6, you know. If I'm, mm-hmm. like, and charge your car only just, on this. <laughs> Hope you don't need to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not cooking so, on so Tuesday. Right. <laughs> so I don't think someone is, like, when, you know, we ask these questions to them, right. they're like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they don't have any. We'll fix that. No, they it's don't. Really they, don't they don't have a plan to increase the energy yeah. that, that's going to take to run all this electricity. They think they're going to do the green thing, and it won't be. It's, it's simply not enough, and it's not reliable enough. They need power plants. Yeah. They need some sort of uh, gen- power-generated power plants to make the electricity, whether it's gas, coal, coal-fired diesel, or or um, nuclear. They have to have it. It's the bottom line. And they're not even staying, stopping of talking about these transformers that blow, right? right? So what if you're in your house and a transformer blows? Now you can't cook. Now you can't start your car. Now you can't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Even with even with um, solar power, solar power won't only work as long as the grid is up. You can't use that solar power if the grid's down. Right. You have to, the, the way that they're yeah. installed now, you can insta- install it to do that, um, but... You have to tell your installer what you want. It's kind of bootlegging it. Right. It's not really illegal, but it's not the norm either. So, but you know what? Some of these new, newer electric appliances are really cool. Like that pizza oven. Yeah. Yeah. It's electric. I saw that yeah, demo. Yeah, not invented or anything. I just, I just saw that. I mean, and the price is going down on it, but but imagine. 
that thing can hit a thousand degrees in yeah. that monogram. Yeah, yeah. In in yeah. twenty minutes. Last week at, uh, you can't do that on gas. You know, I mean, you have to. You know, like this is, and you don't have to clean it up like gas. You know, like, inside only or inside outside? Uh, it's inside only. Yeah, inside only. But I mean, I mean, it's made that those. Um, I mean, that that big earth stone oven or something. You know, you spent a hundred thousand dollars on and. You know, and and now I mean, you just there it is. I mean, it's a it's a fraction of the cost. Does everything, huh? Is it good pizza? Oh yeah, you turn a pizza in, you know, ninety seconds or whatever it is. You know, like yeah. And the cool thing about those, you can cook ten thousand things just pizza. Yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. I do exterior like cabinets. So what are the cabinets outside? Because there's not a lot of choices, you know, for cabinetry exterior. You know, that's the thing. I think some of the brands that I rather like. Would be um, like I, I love more Lip. Oh, uh, too. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that it's a, a, a price fit for our every client. Now, granted, we are trying to make sure that our every client is a fit for you know um, budget-wise for for products like that. Um, but uh, so cabinetry, I mean, it's traditionally been wood or even steel framing or block at, with cut-ins and doing our best, and then maybe a good um, uh, stainless finisher uh, to be able to, to do that work with, you know, filler pieces in that, or, um, you know, the, the complete sets that, you know, some are available, Wolf had, you know, and I mean, they've gotten more expansive with the mo- you know, modular yeah. pieces. It, we try to maintain continuity with, with you know, door, uh, pull, you know, door pulls and all of that, too, so in the mixing and matching of appliances, it gets a little tricky too. So it's true. We try to, you know, be purists about whoever we're specking on a particular project for the sake of that. Um, but we still have clients where we are building out of masonry uh, or, or spe- you know, specking masonry and, and, and stucco finishes and, and things like that too. Uh, and inserting pieces, just trying to make good design sense of, of, of those inserted pieces. So you, you have a, a stainless steel fabricator you use? We have, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, Where they, were, they located? What city? They were very good. Uh, I think they were out of Burbank. Okay. Um, but it's been a while. Um, yeah. But they were the first ones that turned me on to, and I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of out of turn here, but uh, that told me that some of the major manufacturers weren't exactly entirely square. You know, when you try to butt everything up, that you're... You know where where these modules are butting and, and, and striking, say a wall, if they're not free floating in, a, in an island and meant to stay stay stable. That not everything kind of you know queued que- up square. Oh, uh, really? So yeah, no, that's that not good. Production was a little too fast. Yeah, and, uh, and things didn't come together or seams were almost triangulated uh, and, and not clean. That's not good. So that's where. They were able to sell their services, you know, uh, over, you know, without too much problem to somebody like us. You know, as we're looking at the cleanness of all those and filler pieces and, and yeah. things that may not have it. I mean, this is say ten years ago, may not have been as available as some of the lines are availing today. Yeah, yeah. I think the beauty of the metal outdoor cabinets, um, like Noya or Urban, Urban yeah. It's the colors. I mean, yeah, we can really that. have some fun with exterior, which is really nice. Yeah. And I Rather think than that, just stone. Yes. And yeah. I think they last better as well because they're powder coated. 
um, instead of the stainless steel because you know after a certain time you know you start seeing rust spots of course you have to take care of the metal as well sure. but the powder coat is made to last yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing too is you know as a landscape architect for you know, high residential we we don't always have a, a project that's under a house or interiors that are under construction but if it has been well curated we want to borrow from that Absolutely. I think about a project yeah. in Encino right yeah. now um, uh, with a colleague, uh, she, she did the interiors ten, ten years ago, but brought us the project. And I want to emulate or mirror or borrow from that white kitchen palette. Now it's a, kind of a tricky prospect. It's, yeah. it's west facing, but we have some pretty deep eaves. It's a little, uh, it's low slung. It's it's mid mid century. So we're going to have enough protection where I'm not worried about being blinded by reflective light off of white surfaces. But, you know, Don and I had an experience that we were on a project in the desert, um, and uh, and this wasn't Donna's piece, but, you know, what got specced was a dark, beautiful, dark stone finish to to a Moya living top. And it was gorgeous. It was, and, it, and I think it actually it, it worked well with the interiors yes, as well. Did. And Donna mm-hmm. was on the on on uh, the kitchen design yeah. on that part, the interior kitchen design. But you know, out in Indian Wells, a dark color oh, you could yeah. fry an egg on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. And so, um, but it was somewhat dir- you know, it was client driven too. Um, you know, yeah. we had options of of you know whiter and, and brighter or something that you know toned down for the eyes but you you couldn't touch it midday and, and not scald yourself so mm. so, that's, that, so buyer beware consider yeah. <laughs> have you guys been affected by by time uh lead times, lead times? Yeah. oh yes yeah yeah and now it's it's getting much better yeah, yeah sure. it is but i mean certainly during covid i mean i had whole kitchens done where we're sitting empty where the range should be yeah <laughs> for another uh, six yes. months <laughs> Everything else is done, but then you know, and then when it comes in, you put it in, it's fine. But they had to wait for a range. So, so yeah, so so you're waiting for appliances, but what about like the uh, cabinets or or, or, oh, yeah. or flooring or, or I mean, were those affected too? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, absolutely. So yeah, our entire profession was affected by it. I mean, the lumber um, metal shortage. Sure. You know, I mean, everything was... And heightened demands. Right. Thankfully, uh, things are returning back to yeah. normal yeah. times. And, you know, and it's good because I, I remember I would, the time that I would be designing a job to where it was actually going in, it was so long. Yeah. I'd start to forget some of the details. What? That was six months ago. What, oh, yeah. did, what did we spec out then? Yeah. <laughs> what was the decision or that conversation that we had then? So I like that things are shortening up and mm-hmm. we're able to actually be doing our projects sooner to when we're designing them. You know, obviously we're talking about appliances, but like, you know, in furniture, they're they're still doing the, like, I ordered furniture last year in May, mm-hmm. and I'm still waiting for yeah. it, because they're waiting for like, you know, the pearl front on, you know, one of the doors, the drawers, you know, and, yeah. and so I, I love to hear, because I said to them, ship it without the pearl fronts, and I'll have someone glue it on, yeah. right? I mean, that's not really that earth-shattering, so I certainly would love to hear, you know, you say that I would rather, I think my clients would love to have their refrigerator in place versus a hole when they're done the right. remodel, and, and no butter Or a dish, little, right? or a little <laughs> yeah. fridge, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, the old fridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the new kitchen. <laughs> but, but as an inventory is in some brands, you know, because 
the interest rates have slowed down the the, the, the process. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When, when if people aren't buying and selling homes, then uh, as much uh, it slows down the whole industry. You know, so so I haven't seen it. I have to say, no, I not in this area. Yeah. yeah. So so, so but, <laughs> maybe but, uh, the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, as 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 that is um, uh, crazy uh, occurring, what what ends up happening is is that the manufacturers start catching up with with it, and then mm-hmm. and then the products yeah. start ending up. With less lead time, so they are they are starting to catch up and, and, and uh, slowly. And but they do see that it will take probably till in some brands uh, to the the end of 2024 before they're fully yeah. fully back the way they are. So it's interesting before. that you say that. So I do homes across the country, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm doing several in Indiana right now. And um, there was a there's a town that I'm doing very small town. And when I first got there, the, the cars were very, um, let's just say, homespun American cars, right? And now, and the homes were like 50,000, right? And so, um, and it's kind of outside of Indianapolis, like about two hours away. So it kind of gives you this thought process. So now what's happened all of a sudden, now it's been a year later, right? And we're, you know, not tearing down, we're remodeling, right? All of a sudden, I'm seeing Mercedes, and I'm seeing Teslas, and I'm seeing, you know, and I'm seeing the purchase prices of the homes going up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, doubling. So people are moving to states that don't have taxes, what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> right? 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 I mean, and it's just like, where else can we start to, like, you know, tear up these, you know, beautiful American Americana, right? right? Yeah. Where, you know, it was a pure little area, and now we've integrated into this area with all our all the money that should, like we did in California, <laughs> where you can't afford yeah. to live anymore, right? I know. Yeah. Well, Las Vegas is still really popping because of that, you know, and yeah. large homes, they're selling. Yeah. Everything is selling there. It's actually the lower end homes that are not selling. It's all the high end. Oh, really? Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Las Vegas. In mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just I'm about to close on another property in Huntington, and because um, I buy and do things with them, and they're bidding wars now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? And it's Again? cash purchase. Like, really? Yeah. Because it's yeah, low, right. low inventory right now, right? It's low inventory. Yeah, very low inventory. And it's literally cash purchase. But I, I feel like the homes above three million are sitting longer, don't you think so? That then Yeah, these are like million threes. Yeah. 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 That's you know, about I think the they said the difference is that they had um, multiple offers yes. and now they're going and going way over asking price, but now they're selling at asking price, which is still not bad. No, that's know. great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's a good market. I went to a home, Cyprus, mm-hmm. open house at 11 o'clock, and by the time it was 2, he said over 100 couples have already been through there. He's like, I'm so glad I printed 150 of these. I've given over 100 of them out. He's like, uh, so put in your strongest bid because there's going to be a lot. I'm just like, wow, that's I mean the mark. I mean because the, there's no yeah. inventory, even with the interest rates. I mean uh, I can't. Uh, it, it, it's it's uh, pretty. Uh, and when people right are starting now. to realize about interest rates, it's not really that bad. We, you know, we were had such low interest rates for so long, right. it became normal when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I remember when I bought my house, 
I think I was paying 15% interest when I bought my house. Yeah, I was just going to say And that was, that's the way it was. Yeah, yeah. That was no big deal. Right. And, you know, you hoped it came down so you can refinance. What I love about these conversations, and that I hope you do as well, are the real world data points that emerge. These are not pre-prepared glossy ideas about how wonderfully great design is. While that's important, I find it even more important to get past the hurdles that impede the design process. If you are a working designer today at any level, you're encountering some of the many or all of these issues in your own work. And I hope hearing that others deal with the same issues and how many are approaching the work helps you in yours. Thank you, Leah, Pam, Donna, Paul, Cheryl, Long, and John for your input and for participating in this event. Thank you, Friedman's Home Experience, for hosting, and thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the show. If you're not already doing so, please make sure you are subscribing to the show so you receive Convo by Designs immediately as they're published and you don't miss a single episode. You can find the show everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you to my incredible partners and sponsors, Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware. Without you, I would not be able to do this. And for that, I thank you. Thanks again for listening. Be well. And until next week, take today first. Mm-hmm.